Okay, so let's start. We're in the middle of the first uh, paragraph here. Uh, we left off. Uh, we started off with the whole beginning here, this discussion about the difference between emuna and das. And we're trying to figure out, we're starting off with the idea of das. And in particular, what we're saying is that there is a certain element of Hashem, which is something that we could literally see. Now, when we say we could see it, it doesn't mean that we could see it necessarily with our fleshly eyes. But it is so clear to us that this is the way the world works and the way it is in existence, that it's as though we're seeing it with our fleshly eyes. That's the idea. Okay, so it says like this. Uh, I think we're up to, let's start again for Ha'inyin, after the parentheses. Yeah, in the first paragraph, you see it? Yeah, so it says like this. Ha'inyin ki the concept is, really, you see where we are? Page Dalit of Eschanan, yeah? The concept is, That which the world calls a munala, namely that the Eibishter is giving life to everything. And that he creates the whole worlds from nothing to something. They're making a mistake. For this type of thing, you don't need a muna. Why? That this is something that can be felt in, in the concept of re'iya. Right? I, so you ask yourself a question. What are you talking about? I, I don't see Hashem, uh, so to speak, uh, creating anything, right? I see a world in front of me. It's true. I don't see it. However, it's as though I was seeing it. It's so clear that this is what is going on here that it's as though I'm seeing it mamish. Yeah, everyone's good? Right? This is the famous phrase. That from my flesh I'll be able to see God, meaning that I'm going to use myself as a muscle, which is tangible, to understand something that is intangible, namely Hashem. How is that? Behind it, namely, Bisari, that from my flesh, that just like I see the chayis of the goof and its kiyuf. But that my soul is inside of him. That is what is Mechaya the Goof. And without it, there is no Chayas in the Kiyum the Goof. Right? So this is the idea here as well. Yeah? That you have a Chayas that's coming into the body. And you can look at this from two different ways. Did anyone chop the two different ways that he's trying to bring out here? He's bringing out two points here. No, he's saying two things about life of a body. But you're right in one of them. What are the two things that he's saying here? Point number one that he's bringing out here is the way we usually think about it. What's the usual way? A soul goes into a body. A soul goes into a body, right? 
then the body is alive and well. A person's walking around, a person says, oh, you see, this body is a, is a living body, right? And the body is, a clo- is like an outer clothing for the soul, right? That's like the way we see it. But he's saying a second thing also. The second point is that the etzim goof of the body itself has its own spiritual pipeline into it. That spiritual pipeline that's going into the body itself is not the soul per se. It's its own spiritual source that is coming through the soul in order to keep the body from going into rigor mortis, for example. Haraya. What's the raya for this? The raya is that when a person dies, when a person dies, his soul leaves the body. Right? You see that a person is dead. He's not alive. Right? But the body doesn't automatically disappear. However, after a short period of time, the body starts to make certain changes. Right? It starts to get hard and it starts to deteriorate and all the different things that happen to a human body. So the point is how, that the body itself also has a spiritual energy, which is going into the actual physical gashmius of the body. It's just keeping the body in existence. So we're talking about two different things. That not only does the person as a whole have a soul, and that is the, the metzius of him, that this is who he is, but his body also has a spiritual life force which is keeping the body, a physical body, alive as a physical body that is able to move and able to do all the things that it does. So however you put it, you clearly see that there's some sort of energy. Just like, for example, like my phone. Right? Everyone recognizes that a phone, if you just leave it out for a long period of time, right, it's just going to die. It's just going to become like a rock. Now, what do you need? You need to plug it into the wall in order that the phone should be alive. All of a sudden, now this phone, right, a person could call me all of a sudden, it starts ringing out of nowhere. I didn't push any buttons, and all of a sudden it starts ringing. Why? Because it's alive. That's not a nishama, though, for the, for the soul, uh, for the phone. No one's thinking that this phone, because it's starting to ring, and sometimes it talks to me, and sometimes it, you know, it, it sets alarms, and sometimes, you know, it's, it's sending up all these messages. No one is thinking that this, this uh, phone, this piece of metal and wires and whatever else is in there, is, is a live thing. But on the other hand, it does have an energy that's going into it. And that energy has a certain uh, limited amount of time that it makes it run. And once that energy disappears, the phone no longer, even though it looks like the same phone... It no longer, right, you see it making bell sounds, there's all different types of weird things going on, right? That phone will no longer operate the way it does after you plug it in. Same thing with my body. A human body is in the same oifet. Forget about the soul for a second. Forget about the personality of the person. Forget about the, uh, the, the individual himself. This body, per se, as a body, also needs to be plugged in. So the soul acts as the plug, so to speak, for the body. The soul acts as a pipeline for the body to reach back to its source, to be able to be plugged in. And that's why as long as the soul is in the body, Baruch Hashem, the body remains functioning. Once the soul leaves the body, it's like unplugging my phone from the wall. So there is a certain amount of energy, juice, whatever you want to call it, that's left in the body or left in my telephone. But the clock is now on. In other words, as long as I have my phone connected to the wall, 
you know, it'll just go forever, maybe. I don't know, right? But once, however, once the phone, once the phone gets unplugged from the wall, now the juice is on a clock. The juice is going to, after a short period of time, it's going to send me signals. Well, you only have 15% left. You only have 10%. You have finally, this thing is going to die. And bang, it's dead. Are you with me? So that's something that we could see by looking at ourselves. We could understand this concept. This is not a foreign concept to us. We see it in many things that are around us in our life. When we think of the world in this manner, it makes sense. It makes sense that just like I have a, a soul that's enlivening me, both mitzad my personality and mitzad the juice that's going into my goof, I can understand that there's a world, that the world around me also has a similar quality. Do I see the soul in you? No, I've never seen anyone's soul before. But I can understand that there is such a concept. And it makes a lot of sense to me. I know that if a person is, God forbid, dead, if I go and talk to him, I know that he's not going to answer me. No one had to teach me that in a book. In other words, I didn't read about it in biology, and that's why I know that this is the way it works. It's something that is so real to me that it just is. And, and it's not just me. It's everyone in the whole world recognizes that fact. As smart or not smart as a person could be, it's irrelevant. Everyone understands it. That is something that makes sense to me. That's something that's in the world. Let's go weiter. So then he says... That's why it says specifically, with this from my flesh, I will see God. I will see Mamish. Yeah? Sorry. Right? Because how do I look at the world? That I look at the world as though the world, the physical world, is like a big body. For example, like it says in the Gemara Chagiga, I could walk from the earth all the way up to the heavens, it'll take me 500 years. So now he says a new thing. Vachain is always a new point. What is he saying here? What's he adding with this? Right, so what's the Chiddush? There what? I guess like what we were saying about the soul and the body, I guess. Good, express it more. There are also creations that have a life force in them that Hashem has given them, and without that they would... Excellent, excellent. Everyone caught what Teva said? In other words... We are thinking now from one dimensional. We're thinking that the physicality has to have some sort of spirituality that's going into it. But the spirituality is, uh, you know, that's like, uh, that's like the end point. He says, no, 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 you're, not, you're making a mistake. That even a malach, who is a completely spiritual entity, or a neshama, which is a spiritual entity, it also has a similar, similar phenomena. It also has, a, so to speak, a spiritual aspect and a physical but it's not a physical here. It's what we're going to call a keli aspect or a goof, a body. So usually when I think of a body, I think of my physical body. And I think that there's an ashama that's coming into my physical body, which is enlivening, 
my physical body. But now, the Rebbe takes us to another level. And he says, wait a minute. It's not just we're talking about everything spiritual versus everything physical. It's even in the spiritual world, even in the spiritual realms, you also have a similar phenomena. You also have a concept of or and keli, neshama and guf. It's not exactly the way I'm imagining it, mitzad, because I think of a guf, I think of a physical thing, but it's the same exact concept. Because it is also a guf, namely a neshama or a malach, also acts like a goof for the chayis which comes into it from the orentov. Now, he keeps on bringing these two verbs. Why does he say What's the difference between them? It's just kind of like what you said about the body. Like the body can have life, even if the life wants to disappear. It's still in existence. Good. So that's what? Which word? Which verb? Right? Good. Excellent. Mahayva means to bring into existence. Right? So we have the Orient Sop, which is Mahayva, the entity. Right? It's bringing it into being. And Mechaya is giving it a life. In other words, it's giving it a personality, we'll call it. Right? There's two different things. You're Mahayva, the physicality. Like it says, lift up your eyes, is right? And you will see who created all of this. This concept is so clear to us that if you spend a few minutes thinking about it, right, you will understand that this is the way it is. It doesn't take a, a requirement of a jump in terms of my brain to be able to figure this out. This is something that is 100% clear to me. I get it. I see it. That's why we use the language which means to see in Aramaic. That's why this type of thing is not, you don't need emuna for this. This is not something that's beyond my reach. This is not something that I, 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 I like, it's like something that I don't get. I get this very clearly. And not only do I get it, but I see it. Now, if you were talking about seeing, would you say that that's chachma or bina? You say it's Chachma. Nasim, what do you say? Good question. Okay, I want an answer though. New Ezi, seeing is Chachma or Bina? Chachma, why? So tell me, distinguish that between seeing versus, let's say, hearing. something it has to be like described to you in all its details and you build a picture of it in your mind um seeing it's just there it's like it's just you don't have to very good very good this is the difference between chachma and bina in other words let's say that i had to describe you or let's say that you are on the telephone and i have to describe to you the way the za looks i tell you that look there there are uh, these wooden tables with metal uh, legs, 
and you have a bunch of chairs that have like, like sort of red looking leather. I don't think they're really leather, but they look like, you know, they're supposed to look like leather and there's like metal around them. And then you have a bima in the middle of the room with a red uh, velvet cover. And you have an kaidish, uh, you know, on one side of the room. And, uh, you know, you have a wooden floor. And then on the back of the room, you have like these, you know, around the whole room, you have like these shelves and wooden panels. And, right, I can go on, I can go on for, what? The rabbit pictures, right? And you have five rabbit pictures on the wall in the back of the room. And you have these uh, stained glasses. I can go on for 10 minutes explaining the room. Is that Chachma or is that Bina? That's Bina, why? Good, every detail. I'm trying to describe to you every detail in order that you should be able to understand what it is that I'm trying to bring across, right? And those details, the more specific I make them, I'm hopefully trying to get that information into your mind. But now, let's say that I stop my description right there. Do you think you would really have a, a good picture of what's happening in this room if you've never seen this room before? Let's say that I was calling you in Holland and I was trying to describe to you the way the, uh, the way the Zal looked. I never knew what my uh, brother was describing. It was totally different. Totally different. You can't, I mean, maybe if I sat here and explained it to you for 10, 15 minutes, and I tried to go through every single detail, I could sort of explain it to you. You know, the sun is coming up in the east, so the sun is coming through the eastern windows, and that's the way it looks in the morning, whatever. But let's say, instead, I video called you. I didn't even take a video. I, didn't, I just took a picture, like from right here. I took a picture of the room. In one second, you see what's going on. That's called Chachma, right? Chachma has all the details. There's no details that I expressed five minutes ago that are not in this picture. But it's a totally different story, right? Once I see it, what is it? a picture is worth a million words or a thousand words or whatever it is, it's, it's so true. Because in one second, I see this picture and I... I, like, I get it. That's what he's trying to say here. Echse eloka means, it's like, I just see it. I got it. I don't, I don't need an explanation. I don't need a whole description. Seeing is a much higher level than hearing. Because if I see something, I means I saw it. Let's say that I saw an event take place in Morristown. And then someone comes along, you know, a week later and says, you know that thing that they said took place in Morristown? Well, it never really happened. You know, it it was really, uh, you know, smoke and whistles. And it was like, you know, and they were trying to, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I was there. It happened right in front of my face. I saw it. I don't care what you're going to say. You could write, uh, you know, a discourse about it. It doesn't matter. It's not going to change my mind. But let's say, on the other hand, I tried to describe something that happened. And then a much better speaker than myself comes along and describes that that thing that I described never really happened. It really is just a fictitious experience and that uh, no, no, no. you're going to believe the second guy. Because as well as I could describe it, if someone could describe it better, right, so you're going to believe him. This is the difference between Bina and Chachma, right? So what we're saying here, right, that I will echse eloka, that I will see God, it means it's something that could be 100% clear to me. It doesn't require so much description. It's something that I could see. If it's something that I could see, I don't need a whole book to describe it to me. And for sure, what's the key I'm not going to need for it? I'm not going to need, what key phrase are we looking for? Emunah. I don't need Emunah for this. 
This is something that I can get. This is something I, 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 if I spend a second thinking about it, I get it. And that's what he's saying here. This is not called the Muna. Because what is Das? Das is a language of Hakara, which means recognizing something, and feeling it. And Das is also connected to the depth of the heart. Because something. What? Hargasha means feeling, yeah. Das is connected to the depth of the heart. Why is it connected to the depth of the heart? Why is Das connected to the depth of the heart? Okay, it's felt. Why else? Nuhananya, what do you say? Why do you say it's connected to the depth of the heart? Hmm? It's also true. You know it, and therefore. Therefore, there's no hesitation whatsoever. It's totally in the deepest part. It's in the deepest part. Right? You're not going to go away from it. It's something that's going to impact you. If you know something so clear, right? Isn't that going to affect you? Isn't that going to affect the way you behave? Isn't that going to affect? Remember in the last, in the last uh, Mimer in Samachay, we were discussing this extensively. Das is the key to all the Midos. Right? Because when I know something, it's going to really impact me. So for example, what? It's a that that it's some information is the chachma. It's a way of seeing is the concept of chachma. Das is what we're talking about here. This is a piece of information that can be das. I'll give you an example of das. Das is a guy that smokes. He reads on every cigarette package that it is dangerous to smoke. Now I think they write something like smoking kills you. Right? I mean, you can't be more graphic than that. But he's thinking, he's talking, you know, he's not really thinking about it. It's the other guy he's talking about. Or he's talking about like, okay, you know, one more cigarette is not going to be any. Chas v'shalom, chas v'chalila. Now, this same guy goes to the doctor. He's been coughing. And the doctor now says to him, you know, there's like these black spots on your lungs. God forbid, right? All of a sudden, now it's real. The doctor says, you know, you have to stop smoking right away. We have to take care of this. We have to. We have to take care of these black dots. We, I mean, you're going to die. You know, basically. All of a sudden, whoa! Wake up call. Now, is it that he didn't really know? He didn't know that smoking kills him. He doesn't know that smoking causes these black dots. He doesn't know that. Of course, he knows. So, what's the difference? What happened here? No, Ezzy. What's the difference? Um. It wasn't internalized. It wasn't internalized. Because it wasn't him. It's a billboard. It's a, it's a commercial. When it's him, all of a sudden, oh. Like that's the famous, the famous marshal that uh, Hasidus always talks about this marshal. You probably heard it ten times. Right? About the, about the person who's a farmer and he has a malamed for his children. Right? <coughs> and the farmer can't even read. But the Malamed, you know, is teaching his children to read. So all of a sudden, one day he gets a telegram. And the Malamed reads the telegram that he's sorry to say that, unfortunately, that the father of this person passed away. 
and you know, he keeps on reading, it happened on such and such a day. In the meantime, the guy passes out. The farmer passes out. What happened here? Uh, the farmer was walking around with this paper for two days. Nothing happened. But the, and, and he wasn't even the one that read it. It was the other guy that read it. But it was his father. Once it became his father, the information, the reader, the, the, the Malamed, is just reading information. It's just words. But the farmer, it was his father that passed away. It's a totally different experience. That's Das. Right? Not Chachma and Das. Chachma and Bina were just talking about the concept of how to give over information. Das, right? Das is the idea of something that is completely internalized within me. And that's why it says about here that when you see something, it can become much more internalized. Right? It's not something that, that you need a belief. You don't need belief in this. You don't need a, a, a faith or a leap of faith, as they call it. I see it in front of my eyes. When you see something, it's much easier that it could go into Das because it could become internalized very quickly. You don't have to put the parts together. Right? You don't have to put all the puzzle parts, right? In other words, when we were talking about the idea of distributing information through words, you're basically getting, okay, this piece and this piece and this piece and this piece, and you're trying to put it together. You could still, and the objective is, to take that bina and bring it into das, for sure. But imagine that you're seeing a video. That's why watching videos is so powerful, for the good and for the bad. Right? When you watch a video, it's going boom. It's going right to the center of your core, whether you like it or not. And therefore, the information that you see stays with you. You have, you have pieces of information flowing through your brain that for the next, you know, until 120 are going to pop up into your mind. That you, you put, you know, when you watch that video, whatever the video is, right, it's going to come back to you because it's information that went right into your core. Because you saw it. And as much as you're going to want to not, that's, that's the whole problem with all these people that are in, in the army and they have PTSD. They saw, they experienced these horrific things. And they're waking up in the middle of the night, night after night after night. I mean, why are they, why are they, why are they dreaming about this stuff? It happened 10 years ago. They're living in their home in California, right? And they're dreaming about some experience they had in, you know, in a, in a, in a desert in Iraq. You know, when they were 18 years old. They're now having a nice, pleasant life with their wife and their kids and whatever, you know. And it has nothing to do with that. Nevertheless, they're still waking up all night long, every night. Because it's something that they saw. That thing that they saw, that's Das. That comes into Das. That goes right into your core. And that's what he's saying here. That it's a language of Hakara. Hakara means they recognize it. Hargasha means that it's not just I recognize it, but I can feel it. It's something that... And then it says, Hamakas Alev. It's so deeply in, integrated into my heart, into who I am, that it's like very hard to get rid of it. So that can be used for the positive also. Right? And that's sort of the objective. I mean, if you were to take a step back on why we're we even learning Hasidus, this is the objective of Hasidus. The objective of Hasidus is to bring all of these things 
that we learn into Das, so therefore it should impact my life, so therefore I should have a different perspective moving forward and hopefully leave a much more meaningful, uh, God-driven life. That's basically the idea. But it's all about Das. That's, that's the goal here. That you can't just leave, like just take it out of your mind so quickly. It's constantly in front of you. It's constantly in your remembrance. It's constantly in your banks of your brain. That it's not so easy just to drop it out of your, out of your heart. That it should go away. That's the whole PTSD problem. Right, and they try to find different ways and different medical uh, ways of, you know, with hypnosis and with uh, things and, and with your eyes and with uh, like all different types of different uh, procedures that they do to try to get rid of these terrible experiences, which are, you know, causing these people to have these horrific lives, you know, going way 10, 15, 20, 30 years later. Yeah. To forget. But that's all based on this idea of das, because it was it was put into this person's das. What is it? What is this last phrase? What is that? Why does he use the word hear her here versus machshava? Machshava is usually the word that we use for a thought. What's hear her? Maybe fleeting thoughts. Yeah, exactly. Like a fleeting thought, just something that pops into your mind. Like it just comes in today. You probably have probably you know, 10,000 hear hers a day, or maybe even more. I don't know. But you know, things that just pop into your mind, pop in, pipe out, you know, whatever. It's even lav kedibor dami. What is it? Hear her lav kedibor dami. That's a phrase in halacha. What is that? Meaning what? That's nothing. Like a material action. Right, right. In other words, we can't halachically fulfill an obligation through hear her, for example, as opposed to dibor. Right. In other words, a bracha. You need to say the bracha. You can't just think the bracha. Right. So hear her lav dibor dami means that this thought process is not even on level of speech, which becomes which speech we know is also like a much more of a. Uh, intangible type of thing as opposed to maise, which is an action, right? But it's so far down the line. So basically what we said here with the end of this paragraph, and we'll continue with the next paragraph tomorrow, is this idea of how the objective here is to bring all of, all of these things into das. But this level of Hashem, what the Rebbe is saying here, is something that is very... Uh, much in our radar screen that we could internalize. It's something that's very much not just a like a, a fleeting thought. It's something that is very realistic that we can internalize in our lives to the point of echse. Like we just learned a parak based like when it was a week ago or something like that, where it talks about the same concept of bringing it into that there are certain aspects of Hashem that we could really bring into our minds in a way that it's like we're mamish seeing it. It's so clear to us. It's not, it's not something that is like a, you know, like what, who, what, where? You know, it's like, it's not something you even, even, even need a muna for. You don't need a muna for this. This is something that is, if all we have to do is, so to speak, open our eyes and you'll see it. Good? Clear? So this whole thing we're going to express, this is what is known as mamale kolalmi.
right? That's going to be the beginning of tomorrow. Oh, uh, tomorrow we're going to we're going to have a different style here, but uh, on Tuesday when we come back to this, okay.